Welcome to Disrupting Obesity. I'm Charlotte Skeins, and I'll be sharing ways to regain control over your body and lose an extreme amount of weight naturally. Being fat is about so much more than just the food. It's about your relationship with food. That means that dealing with your weight is about more than just the food too. You have to change that relationship. You have to start disrupting obesity. I want to give like a summary reporting of a few different conversations I've had with a bunch of different people. I know that my views aren't exactly aligning with a lot of what's going on in the diet industry at the moment. It's maybe not entirely conventional. I'm not preaching cardio or low-cal. I don't believe in cutting out food groups for non-medical reasons. I know that keto can work wonders, for example, with certain seizure disorders, especially in kids. And who's going to dispute that? Nobody. But I don't push whole foods or supplements. I don't preach nutrition. I don't actually tell anybody what to eat or what not to eat at all. They're not my jam. It's not my lane, and I just have no interest in it. I tell you to eat whatever you want, just less of it. And I think that's maybe the part right there that's pissing everybody off so much. People dismiss it offhand as an oversimplification. So let's have this, we're going to call it like a composite hypothetical conversation. And it's something that happens in the online space, in comments and DMs, and it happens in person. I've got no problem talking about it in any of those arenas. I understand. I really do. I get why people, especially people in the weight loss space, get pissed. They've dedicated their lives to helping improve the health and well-being of other people, either with exercise or nutrition, sometimes with both. It's awesome right? I truly do respect the work that they're doing. And I can still respect what they're doing and believe that it's not going to work with extreme weight loss. You can do both of those things at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. But when they see me over here going, you don't have to exercise and it doesn't matter what you eat so long as you're in a deficit, they lose their minds. For good reason. I get it. I really do. But a lot of the time, I'm not sure we're even talking about the same things. Not everybody's got a lot of weight to lose. I'm saying that it's okay to acknowledge that what works for someone with 20 pounds to lose isn't always going to work for somebody with 200, and they're very different journeys. I'm saying the shoehorning has to stop, and I'm seeing a fair bit of pushback with that too, so I'm definitely not going to stop talking about it. But forcing people to change behaviors they're not ready to change, telling them that there's only one right way to lose weight and not meeting them where they actually are, it only makes things worse. We need to recognize that a fair bit of desperation can come along with extreme weight loss and desperate people grasp at straws. They reach for any lifeline that seems like it might get them out of the situation they're in. When you'll grab for anything, your ability to effectively assess your chances of success get a tad aspirational. When you've been told by a doctor that you're basically on your way out if you don't do something about your weight, things can get a bit desperate and you might start to believe that you can go from fast food at least once a day and mostly processed foods at home the rest of the time to a diet that looks like something out of a woman's magazine in the 80s. I believe that pretty much anybody can follow a heavily restrictive diet. The question is for how long? And now we're back to the differences between losing a lot of weight and losing a small amount of weight. It takes time, a lot of time. It sucks. It just sucks. I don't know how to sugarcoat it, and I don't think it would be helpful if I did. You need to prepare for that. 
you've got to be prepared for it. And no matter how much time it takes, whether it's a year or three, it's going to feel like a long time. Part of meeting yourself where you are is acknowledging that when you've got a lot of weight to lose, you have to mentally prepare yourself for it to take significantly more time than it will for someone with a 25 or 40 pound weight loss that they've got to deal with. For someone with a relatively small amount of weight to lose, it makes sense to try and get it off quickly, to mentally gear yourself to only having several months ahead of you. When you've got a lot to lose, you might need to gear yourself mentally for several years. So focusing on making things as short as possible isn't really a productive mindset. It's actually kind of defeating. And you want to set yourself up for success. That involves being realistic. Your mindset work is going to make all the difference. Because you can be as pie in the sky as you want. But do you really believe that you can eat that insane magazine diet for the next few years? Seriously? or any diet. It's got to be something you can do for as long as it's going to take. That's the part of meeting yourself where you are that's being realistic. And I know how hard it can be. You've got to be stupid honest with yourself. Being honest and being realistic sets you up for success in the best possible way. I can't tell you how many different things I tried before I figured out what worked for me. I did Weight Watchers and Slim Fast. I tried over-the-counter appetite suppressants. I tried soup. I really like soup, but it still didn't work. So many things. Some of them I tried more than once, and I couldn't do it. I was so focused on getting the weight off that I wasn't thinking long-term at all. I couldn't see past those first few pounds, and I never made it past those first few pounds. I made it past them by leaning into what I knew, what I liked, and what I knew I could sustain. I liked eating at night a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. I liked eating at night a lot and I ate a lot, like a ton. So I decided to just eat at night. And this was in the age where the prevailing weight loss wisdom was lots of small meals, everything low fat. It was the mid-aughts, right? So breakfast is the best meal of the day. Don't eat after six o'clock at night. That was the advice going around. When people asked me how I was losing the weight and I told them I was eating whatever I wanted, but only at night, they thought I was nuts. And a lot of them weren't afraid to tell me. So I wasn't aligned with the diet advice du jour when I was losing my weight either. I didn't have the words for intermittent fasting or calorie deficit, but that's all I was doing. And the intermittent fasting part isn't a universally necessary thing. It was just mentally necessary for me to get through the two plus years of losing 200 pounds. I was honest with myself about what I needed to make it through, what I was capable of, what I could endure. I was also at the end of my rope, and that was the only thing left that I could think of. I didn't know what else to do. I'd been told I was too small for surgery, seriously, even over 300 pounds and five foot two. But again, it was the mid-aughts and Canada and bariatric surgery hadn't really gone mainstream yet, but I was in serious trouble and I knew it. And this was the only option I thought I had left. So I met myself where I was. I didn't try to force myself into a mold that was designed for somebody else, someone whose situation wasn't like mine. So I hear the industry when it urges people to make healthy choices, to get moving, but healthy is relative. And so is moving, just like weight is relative. If you've weighed a buck oh five your whole life, hitting 140 pounds is catastrophic for you. 
I haven't had a single client yet, though, who set their final goal weight at 140 when they started. Not one. When you weigh 100 pounds or two more than you should, 35 pounds doesn't seem like a lot. It's relative. When you've lived your adult life over 250, 140 seems completely unattainable. Weight is relative. When you can eat a whole pizza plus garlic bread and wings in a sitting, swapping out the bread for a garden salad is a healthier choice. When your entire exercise regimen consists of walking to the kitchen, the bathroom, or your car, marching in place during a single commercial is a healthier choice. It's a choice that meets you where you are, and it sets you up for success because it's sustainable. It builds little wins that will help build you up mentally and keep you going. Exercise and nutrition are super important. Crazy important. I know that. I was there for health class in primary school. I've seen the documentaries, the magazine covers. I've done post-secondary education in nutrition. I've been picking up what the messaging has been putting down for years. I've sought it out. I get it. But you don't take someone who's never been near water, load them into a boat, sail five miles offshore, chuck them overboard, and then start teaching them how to swim. I mean, you can. It's possible, right? But I kind of feel like the person may panic a little, and that could possibly be counterproductive to the whole learning to swim part. And I really can't understand why you would do it that way when the beach is right there. You have to go past it. And you knew that they were scared before they even got on the boat, right? Excitement and fear can dance a fine line. And just like getting on a boat can be exciting, starting out on a new weight loss adventure is exciting too. Until it's not. Until somebody is chucking you overboard and you can't see the bottom and you don't know what to do. How is that helping? You have to meet yourself where you are. But we've got to go back to our hypothetical composite conversation here. So sometimes when people hear my thoughts on extreme weight loss or a snippet of them, they want to have a chat about it, usually to educate me on my wrongness, which is fine. And I used to struggle to articulate my position a bit, but I'm getting better at it. I've gotten better at it. I've been questioned, confronted, screamed at, cornered, sworn at. People get passionate about this, and I appreciate that because I'm a little passionate about it myself. Here's what I figured out. Instead of trying to defend my position, like I'm in debate club or something, I just ask them questions instead. So what do you do if someone comes to you with more than 100 pounds to lose? They've never enjoyed or eaten vegetables. Their diet consists pretty much exclusively of highly and ultra-processed foods. They've never exercised and are just as scared of it as they are of changing what they eat. What do you do? Because what do you do? The toxic diet industry has been telling us for years that the answer is to overhaul whatever it is that you've been doing that got you so fat, right? You want to pivot into new behaviors and find that magical, magical lifestyle change that everybody always talks about. Part of the problem is the way this approach just feeds into guilt and shame spirals. Telling people how wrong they are, if only by implication, isn't really helpful. Telling someone they've only made bad choices doesn't really instill confidence that they can make good ones. And I know it's not that overt, right? But when somebody tells you that you have to stop what you're doing and do something else, the pretty obvious subtext is that you've been wrong, that you can't make good choices. And really, if you think that you need to tell someone who weighs 300 pounds, who's seeking out help, that they don't make good choices, 
it's a little condescending. Fat people aren't children who need to be scolded to do better. That's not how this works. When someone has hit the point that they're seeking out help to deal with their obesity, they already know that maybe, just maybe, they've got a problem when it comes to the choices they make with food and eating. Maybe. So how is feeding into those feelings of guilt and shame supposed to help anybody fix their relationship with food? I spent years feeling bad about my food choices, about my weight, about the way I ate, the amount of food, the kinds of food, the way I ate it. I don't think there was a single time that feeling bad about myself ever stopped me from eating. Not for long. I could postpone things, but stop? No. Feeling bad was part of my impetus to start losing weight. More though, it was about how fed up I was with feeling bad about myself that made me get started. I was so sick of feeling like shit about myself, the way I looked, the way I felt. I just wanted to feel good about myself and my choices. So while feeling bad about myself didn't stop me from eating, feeling good about myself did. Beating myself up over whatever I'd eaten the day before only led to more eating, but reminding myself how good I felt when I had four cookies instead of six, when I put the last few bites into the fridge instead of eating them. All these little wins, these little steps, the incremental changes I was making, reminding myself about those things, those new choices, the progress, it made me feel good about myself and that helped me to do it again. If four cookies was enough last time, it'll be enough this time too. I don't have to clear my plate. Making choices I felt good about led to feeling good about myself, and that led to making more choices I felt good about. It was the opposite of a guilt and shame spiral, and it propelled me forward. Continually meeting myself where I was propelled me forward. When making healthier choices is new, whether it's the type of foods you're eating or the amounts or both, don't try to reinvent the wheel in your kitchen. Meet yourself where you are. Start by taking an honest and realistic look at where that is. I lied to myself continually about how much I was eating, how much pop I was drinking, how much I really weighed. Taking an honest look is hard, and it kind of sucks, but you can't change what you can't see. And if you're refusing to look for it, you're falling behind before you even start. When you meet yourself where you are, it's easier to succeed because you're more able to see the little wins that come along with incremental change. We've all been programmed to believe that weight loss success looks like a total overhaul of the way you eat or loads of cardio and weights, that you have to be losing several pounds each week. None of this is true. Success is relative. If you've always binged McBreakfast on your way to work and followed it up with donuts from the break room, a little win can be as simple as ordering one less hash brown and sticking to one donut instead of two. It's going to evolve as you go. You keep making small and incremental changes. You keep celebrating how good those little wins and better choices feel. You let feeling good about yourself lead to better choices and focus on building yourself up instead of having to deal with negative feelings that being hard on yourself brings. It's not easy and it takes time. But when you've got a lot of weight to lose, you've also got the time to make those changes slowly. It's how you make sure that you can keep going. You continuously keep meeting yourself where you are, wherever that happens to be as you move your way through your journey. Keep trying, keep tracking, don't be intimidated and don't give up. You've totally got this. 
Thank you for listening to Disrupting Obesity. If you know it's time to take back control, lose the weight and keep it off, reach out to me privately with a direct message on Instagram that says ready so you can start disrupting obesity.